please turn over the memorization papers. What you're hearing behind me is an intense competition, although not a physical one. The 50 or so contestants were just finishing memorizing 201 names and faces to be recalled within the next 20 minutes. This was the first round at the USA Memory Championships held on March 29th of this year in New York City. The coveted prize is a glass seahorse trophy whose Latin name, hippocampus, reflects its shape as the part of our brain essential for memory. There's something quaint about the idea of a contest for something so basic and so underutilized. What's the use of memory, especially when technology like smartphones and the internet can do it for us? There's that old story about a reporter grilling Albert Einstein because he didn't know his own phone number. I'm no physicist, but I think he had bigger fish to fry. And in today's world, I had to wonder, who really cares about this kind of thing? You are an unforgetting specialist. What is that? That was a joke because every year they ask, I've been here, this is my seventh competition, so every year they ask me what I do. And at first I was a student, I was in grad school, and then I was doing memory stuff, teaching people, so I say memory consultants. And then this year I was like, what can I say else, you know? So I just said unforgetting specialist, which is somebody who remembers, right? That's Nelson Dellis. If there's such a thing as a heavyweight for a memory competition, he's it. He had already won the championships three times, and he's the returning champ from last year. He didn't come across as the neo-Luddite I was expecting to see. He was surprisingly funny and personable when I talked to him briefly at the scene. We'll get back to him later, though. He was just one of all kinds of people who showed up at 8.30 on a Sunday morning. As I talked to more and more people, I realized that each person had his or her own reason for being there. My name is uh, Tony Dottino, the founder of the USA Memory Championship. I was beginning to learn new information about the human brain, and I wanted to take that message out to people to get them to realize there was a lot more they could do with their own brains and their own intelligence than we ever thought possible, which was a way of saying there's hope for everybody. And what I learned in my study was if you wanted to enhance the creativity of a workforce, you needed to enhance its ability to organize information, store it for use, and recall it spontaneously. Originally, Tony was a finance executive at IBM. He left about 30 years ago to teach people memory techniques. He saw what it could do to enhance his own workforce's productivity, and he wanted to bring it to others. There were a lot of people who thought memory could improve their lives. Some of the high school students and med students were there because they thought it could help their grades. But at its core, the USA Memory Championships were a competition. Six. Urchin. That is not the correct word. I myself got caught up in the drama. When that one competitor didn't remember the right word, I felt genuinely disappointed for her. And I was amazed when I saw someone else correctly recall an entire deck of random cards he had memorized in just 29 seconds. A new American record. But still, these feats looked like cool party tricks for me, rather than anything useful for our everyday lives. I was curious. Is there an actual scientific basis for why we shouldn't forget this lost art? If you don't exercise this faculty at all, you do have to worry about losing certain abilities and certain skills. That's Robert Eijemein, a neuroscientist at MIT studying memory. He was at the competition, but I decided to give him a call later so he could answer some of my questions. Hello? Hi, Dr. Eijemein. Yes, yes, please call me Robert. Hi, Robert. It's Catherine. 
Ijemine alluded to the fact that memory is something where if we don't use it, we lose it. Though technically improving your memory skills may not prevent cognition problems later in life, it definitely doesn't hurt. Well, if you can use cars, trains, and planes to take you from one place to another, you don't need to go jogging every day. No, you still need to go jogging every day. Mm -hmm. In the same way, you need to be exercising your mind every day in order to maintain its cognitive health. That made a lot of sense to me. But there were some at the competition for whom memory wasn't about their own minds. It was about remembering others. So can you tell me your name again? Uh, my name's Ron White. Well, I first competed in uh, 2008, and I won in 2009, 2009 and 10, so I was a two-time champion. Um, I used to hold the record here for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards. So I was a reservist in the military. 2007, I was deployed to Afghanistan. So when I, in 2012, I just thought, you know what, I really want to honor these guys who died in a, in a unique way. And so I printed all 2,300 out, and I memorized them in the order of their death, um, rank, first name, last name, so it's 7,000 words. And I don't, this is the reason I don't compete anymore. I've spent the last two years driving around the country with this 52-foot-long wall, and I write out the names from memory. It takes me 11 hours to write it out. So it's like creating the Vietnam Wall in front of you, except it's the Afghanistan Wall. Here's Nelson again. It started about seven years ago um, after my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. Um, she had been suffering from it for a while, and then um, watching her kind of her mind slip, I decided that I wanted to kind of research the brain and see if there was anything that I could do um, now when I'm younger <coughs> for the future, Nelson, right? After hearing those stories, it hit me. Most of us have extra tools that will help us remember things. Details about someone or something are kind of an instantaneous commodity. But taking the time to focus and reserving a special place in your own brain for those facts, that's really unique. It's much more meaningful to use your own abilities rather than artificial intelligence to recall different kinds of material. Five of spades? Despite my initial skepticism, the competition was intense. By the afternoon, the top eight competitors from the morning had moved onto a stage where they memorized and recited random words, details about fictional characters, and of course, more cards. The audience was silent. The tension was palpable. Queen of hearts. Finally, there were just two contestants left on stage, Nelson and a man named Johnny. They had memorized the same two random decks of cards and were reciting them in order until the other slipped up. Seven of spades. Johnny fumbles and that was Nelson's fourth win at the competition. I was so excited for him and I even felt inspired to improve my own memory. Ironically though, I forgot my notebook at the venue. For Science Line, I'm Catherine Foley.